You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone. It's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Rangers are on a roll, having won seven of the last nine heading into Friday's matchup with the Hurricanes. However, we need to talk about Ryan Strom. And the person best suited for that is Natalina Focarelli. Thanks for joining once again. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me back on. How are you? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. I mean, last night's game, we're recording this on a Thursday. So the game against the Leafs was Wednesday. So yesterday, that was that was crazy. What a game. I did not think the Rangers were coming out of that one with the victory. But, you know, the Ryans showed up. Reeves, Lindgren, and uh, Stromer. Man, they they played so well in the second half of that game. I was so surprised. I know. It was like, it was weird. It's one of those, like, in previous years, maybe you would, like, not shut off the TV because you want to, like, watch them slowly lose and it turns into, like, a 4-2. And it's one of those games. But not with this team. This team has something special about it. And they seem to, you know, always find a way. So um, I live bet them because I had, you know, I had my – my uh, money behind them so and it turned out pretty well <laughs> nice nice there you go there you go yeah but I agree this team's definitely much better than than last year the on ice product I always say this on ice product is so much better and you know it's not just because of Reeves like we still have Rooney Dryden Hunt is played very well for us this year um Fox just taken his game to another level that none of us thought he had we thought he was already amazing and would be fine just as is but he's just incredible. He's probably he might win another Norris this year. Yeah, I mean, I I think that he. It's so crazy just to think because I didn't really hear too much about him. I just knew that he was like a homegrown New Yorker, and he wanted to, you know, I liked him already because he was like, I don't want to play for anyone but the Rangers. So yep. he had that going for him. But other than that, I didn't really know too much about him. And you know, getting him for a second and a third is a good price to pay, but it's not like you know we gave away like, two first round picks and then you're coming back with a guy who you expect to be like top caliber, but he's just, I mean, he's all the difference on this team all the time. He's just, Oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I guess it, one of the first things we'll talk about is like him, Fox and Lindgren ever since they stepped foot on the ice together in Rangers sweaters. I, I go back to the beginning or to the end of that Tampa Bay game a couple years ago when we brought Hedo up Lindgren up, Kako scored a goal there. We scratched Mark Stahl. Um, that game was just like, okay, this is the this is this is the rebuild right here, right in front of us. Fox and Lindgren together, and it's been like that ever since. So I don't think you could ever get rid of Lindgren. Fox is going nowhere. He's staying here. He's getting his jersey retired. And Lindgren, to me, you can't move him, even if it's for Victor Hedman. But there's been there's been rumors going about that. You know, defenseman from Arizona, Jacob Chikrin, uh, might be a replacement, a possible replacement, a tra- trade candidate because the Rangers have some cap issues. I don't agree with that that um, proposal. It's completely lateral. Uh, it's a lateral move all over, written all over it. Um, Lindgren is good on his own. His cap hit is very, very manageable. It's $3 million. It's a steal of a contract, in my opinion. And... Uh, I, apparently this is a thing. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand stand it. I think people are saying like you, you're getting Chikrin 
because he might be better than Fox or not Fox uh, than Lindgren. They might work better together, but why would you break up a, a sure thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the other thing, a couple of things happen. Like when, when your team's bad, right? So the Rangers were, you know, considered bad for a little while there. And then obviously everybody wants to make moves. And then you get in this middle spot where you're trying to figure out, you know, cap and you're trying to figure out which pieces go where, and then you kind of get to this place where they all are starting to click. And I feel like that's kind of where we are now. And then it goes into the opposite. It goes kind of full circle again. And it becomes like, well, what can we do to be more? And it's kind of like that grass is always greener thing. And I feel like that kind of is what happened, not to just bring up Strom already, but that's kind of what's been happening to him. Like, where can we go more than Strom? Like, he's just Strom and we already have him. So where can we go? But I truly believe that if Strom was playing for the Bruins right now and we heard about the points he was putting up and we heard his name all the time in these situations, we'd be trying to trade for Strom. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things. And I think people also look past the fact that Lingren and Fox are friends. They have this relationship. And I get it. You're a professional. I'm not saying if you put Hedman with Fox, that Fox is going to be worse. He's still Fox, right? But it's just a matter of that building that relationship. And you see on this team that I think relationships are so important. And they were so important when we were really good for a while for those like that 10 year span. And we had guys that really liked each other. And you could kind of see that camaraderie. And I feel like we finally have that again. So I don't know. I think people just get bored and they get a little excited and they want to know, you know, what's on the other side and what can push us to the next level. But like the reality is we haven't even seen what this team can really do just yet. You are so right about that. Listen, listen, I already went through, you know, the breakup stage where we get rid of like players that are so close to each other. Zuccarello and Broussard, those guys were besties. Zuccarello, Haglin, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like those guys, I, I had to watch them get traded. And oh, yeah. I was so it was so devastating for for that for for Zuccarello. I know that for a fact. Like they they had like um it was like it was Zuccarello, I think Haglin and Broussard. It was like the three of them were were like were were besties, and they had like videos together and stuff like that. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't do that to me again with Panarin and Strom. Do not do that to me again. Like those two just work so well together, Fox and Lindgren so well together yeah Sometimes. i feel like it's overlooked it's like you have all these little like we joke about them like rangers bromances but like yeah. they make all the difference like you hear a guy like Kreider who's having a career year he's going to the nhl all-star game and he's all he's doing is giving credit to the guy who passes him the puck he's like well i need mika there and yeah he's, yeah he's half kidding around but he's actually being dead serious right he's saying like well i'm not me without mika and i feel like that's they're they're all really is panarin a star on his own of course he is does he make yeah. everything better around him of course he does is fox i i could play next to fox and i'd be better and i don't know how to ice skate literally i can't, <laughs> I can't move my hand off of the side of the of the rink but of course they you know they bleed into their teammates but you also have to remember like the the locker room and the coach and the staff and just everyone that's built around this team that has made it the positive culture that it's become, even after those few shake years where there were things going on behind the scenes. And this one was talking about this one. There was weird stuff going on that you can't overlook that, especially going into playoffs because it takes those types of relationships, that type of chemistry to make the difference between a good team and a great team. That's going to win you a Stanley cup. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to break up a good thing. Like sometimes it's best not to, to, to change the personnel in your, in your dressing room. Like for example, in 2012, the Rangers were at the top of the league. They almost won the president's trophy. And there was rumors that Rick Nash was going to get traded, but the Rangers didn't want to 
ship out their their team. They had their core, Dubinsky, Anisimov, Boyle, all those guys, like the bottom six was was set. And they decided not to make that trade and decided to push it off into the offseason. And then eventually Nash became a staple in the, in the clubhouse. So it's just you have to be careful with those kinds of moves where you're shipping like a guy that's in the dressing room every every night. Like if you're going to make a trade like that, trade someone that's not in the the locker room. You know what I mean? Trade a prospect, but we don't need to do. I don't. I don't think we need to make many moves at the deadline. I'm fine with the team that we have right now. But you were mentioning Strom, and you know how he's just ever since he put on the Rangers sweater, he's actually just been really, really good. It. He wasn't. He was a disappointment in 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 the, with the Islanders um, and the Oilers. McDavid was still upset that they traded him for, for Spooner because that was like his best friend. And Strom just has figured it out with, with the Rangers, even before Panarin got here. I mean, he almost scored 20 goals with us. It was like the most by most goals by an acquired player uh, in that season, 18, 19, and then 171 points in 225 career games with the Rangers, 59 points in 70 games, 1920, 49 points in the COVID shortened year. And then he's got 30 points in 36 games this year. Like, I mean, he's just, he's outstanding. He's, he's playing so well. I, I mean, there is, it would have been nice to have Jack Eichel, but you know what? Ryan Strom's pretty damn good too. I I have to admit. Yeah. I mean, I I got, I got my Strom shirt on. So. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't even notice. That's amazing. That's my Strom shirt. I had to do it. Um, But yeah, I think. The thing, the funny thing too, like how you mentioned, like think of the teams that you just named that he played for, the Islanders and the Oilers. Uh-huh. I mean, you're not you're not giving him much there. Is he playing with McDavid? Yes, but even guys like McDavid and Drysaddle, you're seeing that as a team, they're not getting very far. Are they superstars? Is McDavid obviously the best player in the league? Yes, but when it comes down to it, you need more than just Panarin. You need more than just Fox, and I feel like that's the difference. You have superstars that make a difference every night, but then you also have guys that like I. I was thinking yesterday, and I think I tweeted it out that. Every guy on this team, maybe beside Hayek, maybe, and he didn't really have a lot of games to play, but beside <laughs> him, like every guy has had a standout game for themselves. You can think back to a game that, like, oh, that was Schneider's game. That was Reeves' game. That was Mika's game. Yep. You know, Strom, that was the game Strom stepped up. Shesterkin's obviously had every game is Shesterkin's game that he plays. Georgie stepped up and made the big save. So mm-hmm. one of those things where not every, and especially with the crazy season where Panarin's been out so much, you know, for himself being out, you know, or this one's getting hurt, this one's getting, you know, sick or whatever it is and all these protocols. It's like you need a team that's more than two superstars. You need a team that's not McDavid and Dreisaitl. Does every team want McDavid and Dreisaitl? Yes. But they've, it's, they've proven time and time again for years now that it's not enough. So it's it's really it reminds me a lot of the Bruins where the Bruins have that top line, but they're good every year because their guys just play their roles. I don't yeah. I genuinely don't know some of the names on those jerseys for the Bruins, but they're yeah. just good every year. And then we play them and like, so this guy's scoring and this guy's I'm like, who is that? I'm like, that's, that's an NFL. I have no, no idea. The, peng- the Penguins are like that, too. You're so right. The Penguins are like that, too. They've always had Crosby and Malkin, but they've just decided they just made it work every single year, even with like. Malkin has been out for pretty much the entire season so far. He's just, he just came back. Uh, Crosby's aging. I mean, he's still damn good. Yeah, for sure. But like they have guys like rust out there still Uh, Jeff Carter still playing. He's still playing pretty well too. 
Gensel. And then like, again, yeah, exactly. Like what you said, like, I don't know half those guys in their bottom six, but they just work. I don't understand. Or on their defensemen. I don't understand. They work though. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that with, I think it's, I think the interesting thing about hockey, the most interesting thing that separates it from, you know, other sports is the tight cap because you can't have, you know, six or seven or eight superstars. It's just, you can't, it can't happen. If the Rangers could buy every player, they would have every player. They would have McDavid on a line with Panarin and they'd have Crosby and they'd have Ovechkin scoring on the power play. And they would build this monster team because they're the richest team in the league. Right. But you, you know, when you put them at the same cap wise as teams like Nashville, then they got to get a little bit creative. And I think that I saw this yesterday. Finally, you know, someone tweeted something about Strom is, has to be undeniably one of the best trades in Rangers history. And it's got it. Yeah, it's it's got to be up it's, there. It's, I know we talk about Mika and that one. Um, that's a hell of a trade. But Strom for Spooner. I mean, it's just there, there's really no comparing. That it's one of the not. And, and I think that it's going to pay off for the Rangers if they just stick with it. And it's not a grass is always greener kind of thing. It's the grass is green because you know we're putting in that effort to make it that way. And I just think that with the coach that we have. And I love, I loved what Gallant said yesterday. I think it was yesterday. He said something like about how guys, when guys come in or they go off on the, on the um, IR or they get sick or whatever it is and they come back, he's putting them back, right back in the lineup. So he I talked about, Hunt. Yeah, he talked about Hunt and he said, no, well, Hunt's coming back. Like this guy did a great job. You know, we have a taxi squad. We have a lot of depth and, and we have a lot of young guys, but at the end of the day, our team is our team. And as long as you play at the level that you're going to play at, then that spot is yours. And I think that like having that, mindset as the coach really lets all the players know like if I do my job he's not going to play those games like AV played where he was benching guys and choosing a day where David Quinn just decided not to play oh I forgot to play laugh I forgot to put Kako in more than five minutes a game Mm -hmm. you're not going to have that with a professional like Gallant so if you play and you play the right way you play his style which is like absolutely relentless hockey like when I when they're in that full gallant mode and they're just everywhere all over the ice this guy's banging this guy Kako's hitting this one this one, and they're just relentless they are just so hard to play against and I think that's what's going to make the difference for them second half of the game against Toronto was just completely the Rangers style of play yeah Toronto like they had some really dangerous chances very very dangerous chances I was on the edge of my seat very nervous but the Rangers did they found a way to to get work done at 5v5. And that's like one of the things I've been talking about the past couple of weeks is that at even strength, the Rangers are just terrible in the offensive zone. Like they had, it's just, they, they were winning all these games, but they struggled to generate any offensive zone pressure. Uh, and like, it's, it's frustrating to see like when you get in there in the zone and then like you cycle the puck a bunch for like 30 seconds and then you get no shots on goal. And then the team, the other team just does it so effortlessly for a minute and they get all these glorious chances. It's like, how are we winning these games? And how is this a good hockey team? But you know what? We, we found a way to do that last night. Um, but getting back to Strom, I'm tired of the narrative that he's only good because of Panarin. Like I, he has completely won me over. I was on the board <laughs> on, on board with like, all right. Yeah. This guy is just like a filler for now. Like in a couple of years ago before, or 1920, I wanted to trade him for a first round pick. I was on that on, on that bandwagon. Then he he starts scoring all these points. And you know, when he really won me over, I've said this multiple times, is when uh Panarin had to go back to Russia last season um for for that uh thing uh with his family. He had to he he stepped up strong 11 points in 10 games this season. 
they barely played like separately. Like uh, Strom has played, let's see, almost 570 minutes on ice. Uh, that's his time on ice. I looked this up. 496 of those minutes, 497 of those minutes are with Panarin. So 70 minutes, 70, 71-ish minutes are without him. And he's got seven points in that amount of time. It's not a lot of points, but I mean, it's not... I mean, those guys are always together. You have to keep them together. It's Panarin, Strom, and somebody else. In my it's, opinion, I think it, the best guy on there was Kako. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely agree. I think Kako was his best self so far this yeah. season, since, or even just since he's come here. And I think that it's just a matter of finding the right players to fit the right roles, right? It's just all about finding those and when you think about it, hockey is a game of threes and twos, right? That's that's you throw three guys out on the ice yeah. to play offense, and then you throw two guys over here. And that's why on power plays, they mix it up because certain situations need certain guys, right? So they see those connections. They don't just throw out the same three guys and they start mixing it up. And they say, okay, Kreider's got to go in front of the net. We're bringing Fox in, you know, Panarin's on the point, whatever it might be. But it's a game of finding, you know, who fits with who. And I feel like guys like Lindgren and Fox, untouchable, in my opinion. Not only are they great separately, but they complement each other. That's our, you know, that's our top pair on D that's done. And then you think about, you know, Kreider and Mika, they're locked up for, you know, the next how many ever years, mm-hmm. seven years, eight years, whatever it is, that's locked up. And then you got Panarin and Strom. And if you lock up Strom, you have that as your, you know, your second line. So I just feel like at this point, who are you going to bring in that's not only going to put up the points that Strom is, but that's going to have that relationship. And people were surprised when he got that alternate C. And I know everybody's getting the alternate or the A, (laughs) whatever it is. But for them to give that to him and to not know if he's here long-term is huge. Because if you think about the guys, you know, that they gave that they gave that, that A2, those are some of like our, our, those are our main guys that are going to be around for a long time, pretty much, you know, all of them for the most part. And to give it to a guy like Strom, you got to kind of think, they see something in him beyond just being, you know, Panarin's sidekick. And I think Panarin realizes that he's talked about it a million times before. And I think that the other thing that we look past too is Panarin clearly has, you know, some off ice things that he deals with a lot, you know, his, mm-hmm. his, his things. And I think that, you know, coming from Russia and being over here now, I think having Strom and having him as a friend and a person that he feels comfortable with, I think that that has helped Panarin a lot. When he comes back, he knows like, Okay, Strom's got me. I got him, and we're good to go. So, I, I'm I'm over the narrative too. And and people like I laugh because people like will comment to me on Twitter like like just digs about Strom as if like I'm like I don't know. I'm just like I don't. Aren't you tired? Like you, you remember like people would say that like he was lucky. I remember when D'Angelo was still on the team. Like when I first started on Twitter before I even restarted the podcast. Like it was way before that. Like. I would see like people tweeting charts saying like, all right, Strom's only getting these points because he's lucky. And then D'Angelo like responds on there. And it's like, are you even watching the games? This guy's one of our best players. Like I used to, I love that. I love that D'Angelo did. Unfortunately, you know what happened, happened with him, but like, I love seeing like everyone defend each other and stuff like that. Like, I mean, at the time I wasn't Strom's biggest supporter either. I was just like, all right, whatever, whatever. Okay. D'Angelo made a fair point. Fine. And uh, but how could you be lucky if he keeps getting all these points? He hasn't stopped scoring points since he got here. So how is he still lucky? Yeah, I think there's one out at some point or what? 
At some point, you got to put the luck away and just say he's consistent. And I think that that's, I guess, when you go into something as not everyone's favorite or you're not a big name from your previous team, I guess it does, you know, take some people time to get one over by you. And like they have to say, oh, are you having a fluke year? Or, oh, are, are you just getting lucky? At this point, I think that everyone just needs to wave the white flag, admit you were wrong and move on. But I think the funny part is there's not really scapegoats on this team. So people don't know where to turn. They're like, if I give up my Strom scapegoat, who am I going to turn to to blame everything on when one thing goes wrong? I mean, I guess you always have Hayek, but Patrick Nemeth, <laughs> Patrick or Tenorti. And then Tenorti like scores a game winning goal. And you're like, damn, what am I going to do with Tenorti? But right. I, yeah, it's just one of those things that I think the Strom Strom's got to be taken out of the talks for you know, luck or should we trade him? Should we move him? Is he like, I think he's a guy. He's part, he's part of this. When yeah. the in the cup in a few years, Strom's going to be there. That's my opinion. I th- I think so too. I think so too. And, and to your, to what you were saying about the alternates, um, I might as well just add this in here. So uh, when we let's, let's go back to when the Rangers announced all six alternates, when we were expecting a captain, um, Everyone made the A memes, so they changed their profile picture to an A, and Ice Cold Takes had uh, a variation of that meme with the A and Takes substituted for the A for alternate. And uh, Lean saw it, and she commented, oh my God, can I come back on the podcast to be the seventh alternate? This is great. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. I mean, I wasn't on board with the whole meme thing, but when I saw it on the, the, the logo, I was like, all right, this is like too funny not to, to post. I have to put this up for a day. I, I guess. And I mean, I think you can make a debate. Obviously I think Kreider is the captain. I don't know. I think yeah, yeah. I might've said Mika at the beginning. I really don't, I really don't know. Cause they're just, they bring so many things, all of them. Panarin obviously doesn't like want it. He said, but he could be the captain. Like if they made goalies, the captain, Shesterkin's unbelievable. Fox, they'll, they'll probably end up giving it to Fox. Whoever you want to give it to, really, it's like, it, it just shows that this team is full of a bunch of leaders. And I know it sounds like cliche and it's like, just pick one already, but it's, they're probably just looking to see, you know, who steps up when they need them and then they'll make that decision. I think it's just something that maybe if they didn't hype it up so much, like we're going to go into this season with a captain. I don't, I don't think anyone would have really cared that much, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see who uh, who comes out with the, with the C eventually. All these alternates, it means that like Rangers value all these players so highly. Like Truba is, is a big part of that dressing room. Meek and Kreider have been here forever. You know, like Panarin is a huge part like because he's like one of our best players. And Strom too, again, one of our best players. And I mean, to conclude the Strom talks, uh, title of this episode is going to be, does Strom deserve the bag? Should he get the bag, like the money bag? I think he should. I say six years, 6.25 million. And I know people would, would be like, hey, that's a lot. That's more than Booch. That's more than Booch. Like, why wouldn't you give that to Buchnevich? And, you know, that trade, I, I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't know what the Rangers were seeing there. I'm hoping Sammy Blake comes back and is an actual factor on this team. And I hope this trade doesn't bite us in the ass, but I mean, like sometimes it just, it is what it is, man. Like I, I, I'm over the boot trade. I was never hard, like very, very much impacted by that. I didn't see it coming. I never saw the boot trade coming. I thought it was, was crazy. I mean, at the time I was, I guess I was upset. I I didn't agree with it, but I'm, was hopeful that, you know, it would work out that obviously the the Rangers might've seen something in play that, 
you know, they weren't going to get with Buchnevich or maybe Buchnevich was unhappy or something. But I always said like that Buch was a lot of people's favorite players, uh, f- favorite player. Um, Zuccarello was my favorite player and Callahan was also mine. So I was very devastated when those guys got traded. So I yeah, know how I, it feels. I have a Broussard jersey hanging in my closet. Oh, always. So he, yeah. he, I mean, I had random favorite players like Delzato. I loved, I don't. I, I, it's so funny to just look back on guys and then like Strom's definitely the guy now, but I, I guess I think Booch was really also part of, you know, the a salary, you know, dump and they were just kind of trying to see the bigger picture. Yeah. I think Shane too was playing phenomenal before he got hurt. That was a tragedy, but I just think it's so crazy how we lost, you know, we traded Booch, we lost Sammy Blay and we're still in, in first place. You know, it's like, what more could this I, like I said it before when the when the Rangers were doing well without Panera and they played that one really good game when he was out and I was like this team just played one of the best games of you know their season and they don't have their superstar so it's like it's really just like a matter of who's going to step up that next man up and I just think for a guy like Reeves just a perfect example yesterday to score his not only his first goal of the season but his second goal and in a, a moment like that when you couldn't have asked for a bigger moment on a bigger stage against a bigger competitor like the Leafs with all these guys in there that the announcers don't stop talking about Matthews and this one and what what's he going to do how many points is he going to put up and you come out and have your best game of the season and put up numbers it's just it's all about that next man up mentality because in the playoffs, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to be there, who's going to get hurt, who's going to get sick, who's going to, you know, what might just be having an off game, right? Mika had a, like, Mika is one of those guys, like, he, he'll go on, like, a tiny little drought, and you're just so used to him putting up numbers that you're like, oh, no, what happened to Mika? Like, where'd he go? And then you're like, oh, he still has, like, 15 points in 20 games or whatever, right. like, you know, because yeah. it's, it's Mika. But, you know, it's just a matter of when our main guys – aren't there or for whatever reason, or if they're not putting up the numbers or it's just not their night, you have guys like Lindgren, guys like Reeves, guys like Miller, you have these guys that are going to, you know, step up and and take their place and and put up the points. So I think that's what makes this team so exciting. We're not just four or five big names. They're just, if you, like, if you watch the Rangers, if you really watch them, like you love all of them pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And the, that next man up mentality is what drives teams to be a, a good team. What makes them eventually be Stanley cup winners. And this is, I'm not saying we're going to win this year. I would, of course I would love to see it, but um, I don't know. It's a pipe dream to me. This, this team's a little too young. We've still got a little ways to go. I think Lafreniere and Kako need to, to, to develop a little bit further. And that's the, that's the thing that I'm, I'm uh, I want to see. Like I need them to get to the point where, where Lafreniere can be Panarin's line mate and put up the amount of points that Strom and Panarin are putting up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A guy like that, uh, I'm, I've been foaming at the mouth all day thinking about this guy. I, I miss JT Miller, and I don't think the Rangers should have ever traded him, ever. They should have never included him in that trade for, for Nils Lundqvist and uh, all those guys that never worked out from Tampa Bay. But was, I, was Hayek in that trade? Yes, it was yeah, okay. uh, Nemesnikov, Hayek, Howden. All of our scapegoats. Don't worry, guys. We got Howden and Hayek. It oh only my. cost us Miller. <laughs> yeah, and McDonough, too. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, you know, just our captain, but oh, I love McDonough. But, uh, yeah, Miller's an interesting one because he, like, is he like you know, 
hit, is hiding in Vancouver, so we don't really see him. And then last year we played against the same, you know, eight, seven teams or whatever it was. So you ha- you didn't really hear about him unless we're kind of following along with all the other you know, divisions that were going on. And then I, I think I looked the other day when his name started coming up and he's pretty much his whole career, the last three years in Vancouver has been a point per game player. He has 150, I think seven points, 157 points in 161 games for Vancouver. Like, it's insane. And he's not even talked. He's not really even talked about. Like, unless you really follow hockey and you're kind of doing your own thing and keeping up with it, he's not a name that you just hear JT Miller and then you're like our guy and you know, like the guy that we built, the guy that you know came from our that played for us for a really long time. And um, to bring him back, I think would be would be crazy. But I think that it would be a a good crazy, a really good crazy. That to me is the only. The only move I would want, like, I would be ex- fine with the Rangers making at the deadline uh, or even in the offseason. Like, you know, it would have been nice to have Eichel, like I said before, but JT Miller would compliment Stroman Panarin so damn well. I would immediately put Miller in the center position because his phase-off percent- percentage by year, 2019-2020, he took 718 draws and he won 59.2% of them. That's, That's insane. We don't Rangers, have that here. We've never had that. The Rangers could. I don't. I don't know statistic wise, but they must be one of the worst faceoff teams in the league. At least when we watch them, every time, every game I, I, I'm watching, I'm like, I can't. Can we win a, a faceoff? I like. I will trade all six of our alternate captains right now for one man that could win one faceoff. But. I mean, if Miller can do that too, on top of all the points that he puts up, that's just that's again another missing piece of that puzzle that would just slide right in. Yeah, and he's affordable too. Signed for the next two years, so for the rest of this year and next year at five point two five million, and then you could reassess what you want to do. But if you want to make that trade, you're gonna have to give up someone from the roster. I think Heedle would have to be the prime candidate to go. And I mean, he's playing really well right now. He's playing with Stroman Panarin. Uh, He's putting up some points, but. Me and Stat Boy Steven, we talk we talk a lot. Like he just mentions that, like, is Heedle, is this Heedle? Is he just a hot streak and nothing more? Like, cause that's what he's been a lot of the times. Like, you think of all of his good games, they've come like in the midst of a hot streak. Right. So I I have had patience with with Heedle. I don't know if if he continues this however he's playing now. I mean Hopefully he remains a staple of the team, but if you really want to make a, an upgrade, um, whether it be at the deadline or in the offseason, I think you seriously need to consider JT Miller. Um, a lot of people are fantasizing about Claude Giroux, um, but I know that's not going to happen because he plays for Flyers and um, the Rangers will probably not want to make a trade with a division rival, give them any assets whatsoever for Claude Giroux. But in a way, he's cheaper version, JT Miller is, than of uh, Claude Giroux. Wins face-offs. He's very good defensively. He, he likes to throw the body. He's got lots of body checks. I was checking out his stats before. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I know, we know he's a point-per-game player. Um, he's got 34 points in, or 39 points in 39 games this year. He has 84 hits so far this year. In his first year in Vancouver, he had 123 hits in, in Vancouver, and he was ranked ninth. He was 19th in Selkie voting. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That's a. That seems like a guy that would work well with with uh, Panarin and Strom. They. People talk about how they need a guy on that line that's going to get them the puck, like out of the corners. And that's why they put Dryden Hunt there because he's good at that. Um, but if you get a guy that's good at that and has some skill, actual skill, like JT Miller, man, that could be a fantastic line. Yeah, I think that he could really make it, a, he could really be that, again, that missing piece of that you know, that line of with Stroman Panera. And I think to him coming back to New York, I think he would have not a chip on his shoulder, but just like something to kind of prove. And I mean, he's proven it at other places, but when you come to a team like the Rangers that, you know, traded you how many years ago, what was it? Five, four or five years ago at this point. Yeah. 2018 to so four years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, when, and you come back home, like that, that was his home. He come, he's coming back home and he's coming back to a team that's looking to be Stanley cup champions within the next two, three years, maybe three years, whatever you want to say. But I think that that is a good pressure. And I think that Miller didn't really get a fair shake here. You know, I think that with the right coach, with the right guys around him, I think that he's only going to get better and he's in his prime. Let's see 28 years old. I think yeah, that he, yeah. I think that he's, he would be a perfect fit. And again, they don't, I, I agree with you. They don't want to go crazy. They don't want to start trading their whole, you know, their whole pipeline. They don't want to start making too many moves too early and pulling the trigger too early um, to go chase the Stanley cup for a year and then have a depleted team with no cap space. But a guy like Miller is a guy that you can definitely look at, especially because he doesn't have much time left on his, on his contract and they could always reassess it. So. Right. You could, you want to make the move, not for a rental, but for to, you see him as a longer term asset. So kind of like when Tampa Bay acquired him uh, in the trade from the Rangers uh, four years ago, they had him two years left on his deal. And then they, they re-signed him, I believe. I think that's how, uh, that's what ended up happening. Or he might've had one year left on his deal and they, they just extended him, but yeah, he played well with Tampa. He's playing damn well in, in Vancouver. I'd love to bring him back. I, I think he'd be perfect fit for the team. I mean, we had Buchnevich, yeah, and, it, like, honestly, it, our team would just be set. We wouldn't need to make any moves if we kept Buchnevich and if we signed him to that contract. If we copy-pasted that contract that he got with St. Louis, the team would be perfect. We wouldn't need to make any moves. Or if Kravtsov decides not to, you know, like, whine or whatever, or – the Rangers kept true to their promise that he'd be with one with the big boys. Um, whatever, however you view that, that whole situation, we wouldn't have any of these problems, but you know, Lafreniere is still developing. Kako is still developing. This is what we got. I hope Kravtsov finishes KHL season and comes over and is immediately an impact player. But if he isn't, you look to this guy, JT Miller. I think, yeah, I think that would be a good trade. I think Krav's interesting too, because he could be a, a- piece that like that that a major piece in a trade you know if it doesn't work out with him come back to the rangers so i think he's a guy to look out for as well yeah um and like i said i think the package i it would be significant a significant package but i think it, it would be one that the rangers could handle like okay so you trade heedle a first round pick i would prefer next year um let's see because you know let's say let's say we end up 
we make the playoffs, but we don't win the division. So it's like a top 15 pick or, uh, or top 20 pick. I I'd rather keep that. So, and build for the future. So we do that. Heedle's got some cap on him. We'll get, we'll move his contract. Um, probably uh, one of the defensemen in the pipeline from Zach Jones, Schneider, Reunion, one of those guys, um, Robertson, and uh, maybe one of their forward prospects that uh, we're not as, as high on. I don't know. Uh, Stat Boy Steven keeps track of all these guys, like Korshak, uh, Will Cooley, Brennan Offman. Brett Berard, there's there's lots of good guys in in our pop, uh, pipeline for Vancouver to pick and choose from, but I think that would be a good enough package for for JT Miller, and I don't think they'd need to retain any salary. I think the the salary might work out. Might have to um, do some double checking on that, but I don't know. I think that would be a fair package. I think that's I fair. Mm-hmm. I agree too. I saw someone someone float out like <laughs> Drysital from the Oilers, and like they're. They're like, all right, let's trade Georgiev. Let's trade Nemeth because we need to send money back. <laughs> let's trade Krabsaw, Keto. And I'm like, wait a minute. And, and like two firsts. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not enough. That's not enough. This, you need to trade more than that. That's, that's, I mean, the funny, the, I think the funny part about the, the, like, it's weird, but it's like, it's the funny part about the Rangers. If they were, they, they are probably one or two maybe pieces away if we're being kind of like, you know, with the guys we already have to come up and then plus the guys we have now, they're probably one to two major pieces away from really being like a consistent cup contenders. But the funny thing is they also have the the means to trade for that guy. So that it's just, it's really a matter of when to pull the trigger and you don't right. want to, and pulling the trigger now is way, obviously way, 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 way too soon. But it's funny because they, they did so well over the last few years. The rebuild looks like what it does but when you go under the surface and you really get into what they have in Hartford and what they have in all these other you know minor leagues and and where they're playing they did such a good job of building this pipeline that they if they wanted to go and get that guy right now they could right right and it wouldn't and it wouldn't cost you you know really your your overall team you would just be bringing in this guy and you would you would obviously have to get you know give back some guys like Hedo Crab maybe trade Georgie and then you got a bunch of guys in the pipeline and whoever else but at the end of the day you could get away with it it's just a matter of you know when and for what price and who it's going to be obviously you know those are the three main questions but eventually they're going to make that trade and I think bring all of Rangers like nation is going to be like stunned and just overwhelmingly happy because we do have the pieces to go and get that, you know, get that guy. It's just a matter of when and who it's going to be. I think they, if they're going to make a move like that, they would, they would use one of their bigger assets like Lafreniere or Kako. And I think they don't want to do that yet. There's, they're going to give them those guys all the time in the world to develop, to, to, you know, prove what they were drafted as. So like Lafreniere has not been like the first overall pick that everyone thought he was going to be like, he's not the same. He's not what he's, he's not the, he's not putting up the points he put up in juniors. He's not lighting up the league. Kako, same thing. So they're still very young, 20, 21 years old at, at the, at the most. Um, so I, I want to see, I want to see those guys above all else. I want to see those guys develop into a superstar because I've never seen that personally. I've never seen like a guy go from like Matthews drafted first overall to immediately light up the league or, or like, you know, make their way up to uh, torching the league. I haven't seen that yet. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, they, and they haven't really played. This is their first regular season. Like, and it's not even regular because there's still protocols. There's still weird things going on. And it's not even to give them an excuse. It's just to give them time. Like you even see a guy like um, Jack Hughes, finally now he's becoming Jack Hughes. He is exactly who he's supposed to be as the number one overall pick. And yeah, it's great to celebrate that. And it's great, you know, to be like, oh, there he is. But that's who he's supposed to be. So, you know, give them a little bit of time, let them find their role, let them find some consistency with their coach, with their line mates, you know, with their role on this team. And maybe you don't have to go get that guy because maybe your guy is right there. He is the number one overall pick. He is the number two overall pick. Maybe it's just that guy. Maybe it's just, laugh in two years you know it's and and that's not that's not asking you know dryden hunt to become laugh that's asking laugh yeah. to to become laugh so it's not some like oh well you're asking too much of this guy he can't go in that role and play you know play on the on the right wing on the first line yes he can it's it's you know he's the number one overall pick you know or the number two you know whoever it is but um so i think that that is a really interesting point like you can't I think, in my opinion, they're untouchable. When people were bringing them up with the Jack Eichel thing, I was like, "Get at, like, Drury's not taking your phone call. You like, nah. he's not even picking up the phone if you're starting any sentence with Kako. I, guys say talking about Shesterkin. I'm not trading Shesterkin for nah. for Eichel. Like, what in the world are you even? Absolutely not. It's like, I, yeah, it's just one of those things. But yeah, I think Laugh and Kako are still untouchables. Still right there with all of them in like the not going anywhere. They're part of the core. Give them a little bit of time, see what they can do. And, you know, if they become who they're supposed to be, then the team can only be better than they are now. And right now they're sitting in first. So, mm-hmm. you know, what yeah. are you, you going to do? So, and there's just other teams also playing out of their minds. Like, I, like what, I don't know what like the Panthers are doing. What's Car- like Carolina doesn't play ever. I don't even, they, they played like 10 games every time i look they're like they got like 14 games at hand i'm like does this team play yeah they have four games in hand on us right now yeah it's um, probably it's probably because half their team is, are doubling as old rangers roster players so you know they're sitting <laughs> on our bench because guys <laughs> on the on their team it's unbelievable yeah like brady shea like what's going on like so it's the teams that they're fighting against right now but, but they're just staying in there they're 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 staying in there and they're not they've yet to you know show that they're anything less than one of the top teams in the league so so you just got to kind of take it for what they're showing us Mm -hmm. us right now so rangers are a good team this year and i i think i think eventually lafreniere and kaka will break out i'm very patiently waiting i will wait until the moment they they decide nope it's not working out i'm gonna wait forever and ever for like for real (laughs) first overall pick second overall pick i'm seeing it through to the end even if they're busts I'll always believe in them because I know that lots of people follow, follow them um, when in their draft class, they're so high on them. Like it's not like the skills just up and gone away. It's gotta be somewhere. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see it eventually. I know it. Well, I've seen flashes of it. Kako had that when he stripped the puck of graves. I always talk about this when he stripped the puck <laughs> of graves against the devils and scored that goal, which should have been the game winning goal. But then the, the devils came back and tied it. <laughs> Great game, by the way. Yeah. Um, Lafreniere has had, had had good moments this year. I think we need to get him some more ice time. One game I was tracking, like, how many times he touched the puck, and this was, like, a game without Panarin. He only had it, like, on his stick, like, 20 times or something like that. He wow. needs to have it more. He needs it yeah. more. I think they just need to find their, their place in this, like, team of big names. Like, 
you got guys like Kreider, Mika, Panarin, even Strom. You, you got these guys, and it's like now you got to become one of them. You can't. You're not just going to be the kids forever. You're still the kids. You're still you're still young. You're still the kids. But guys, like Fox, how Fox is like. I don't care how. I know he's a little bit older than them, but I don't care how new I am or how young I am. Whatever it is, I'm just going to be a main guy because I'm that good. And that's kind of how how they have to kind of approach it. And I think when they play confident, like when you see their confidence and they're playing like those little flashes, like you said, they make all the difference. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the next few years. I don't think they're going anywhere, but. No, I don't think they're going anywhere (laughs) anyways. Um, But yeah, um, that about does it for us to recap. Ryan Strom, give him the bag. (laughs) Uh, I say, I say no more than $6.25 million. Uh, I know this is something funny. Um, when the Rangers played the Hawks, the Blackhawks in, in Chicago, Dylan Strom had said something. He was like, congratulations uh, to, to my brother about like the contract extension. And Mercogliano was like, what? What's going on here? Like, and then he was just like, I, the last I heard, it's like the Rangers have five years, five and a half million. And I'm like, what? That's it? That's all you're offering? That's crazy. Oh, wow. you take that. I hope that. I hope that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that would be huge maybe they know something that we don't know yeah th- save <laughs> save some money there like and and get it done now i'd, I'd love that honestly i mean oh, just, the second it happens oh i can't wait i'm, yep. I'm crossing my fingers i'm not gonna get too excited because i've had my share of heartbreaks on this team but uh, yeah yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> yep yep um but yeah strom we gotta get we gotta keep him give him the bag lindgren for chicken no that's <laughs> not happening stop and Bring back JT Miller. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.